Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes. With me is Peter Donahue. Andy, good morning. Good morning. It's, it's been, this is our third podcast in seven days. I'm telling you, we're, the, we're on a roll. Yeah. I feel like uh, Max Fried for the Atlanta Braves. You know, he's, he's on a roll. Busy? I you know yeah. I don't no, never no, even I'm, heard of I'm Max, Max Freed. I don't know why. Told me. I think that's why I brought it up. I was thinking, is that like a 1950s singer? That's where <laughs> yeah. I was going first, and yeah. then <laughs> that would have been a good guess too. Now he's on the Bra- He's on the Braves mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, young guy coming into his own. Right. Terrific. Wow. Rocky start two and two now. Six solid innings last night. He's a pitcher. Yeah, Got they it. beat the Cubs three to one. Yeah, maybe we should just talk about our our sports team. <laughs> really, I've been watching a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. They're a perfect Minnesota team. They they're underdogs. They're the seven seed versus the two seed. Um, they won the first game pretty easily. Lost the second game. Third game, they they were up. They were up twenty six points, and then the other team went on like a. 50 to 10 run so just perfect minnesota you know again we're not just gonna lose we're gonna lose in a fashion we're gonna break here and then last night they're on the road game five they were up 11 with seven minutes to go then they were down three with 10 seconds left but they drop a perfect play for edwards 20 year old player he makes a three to tie it up with three seconds left but then the next play down, Edwards makes a horrible defensive play, and they lose on a layup oh, at the no. end. So, oh my God. so that's just the emotional roller coaster oh of, of our God. teams. So, um, you know, it reminds me of when the, the the championship Bulls, before they ever won anything, got beat by the Pistons. You know, year yeah. after year, they were learning how to play, and the Pistons were just very stern mm-hmm. taskmasters and. Uh, it was very frustrating, but but just like you, you know, there's hopefulness in the play, yeah, of your team. You know, they're learning stuff. Absolutely. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, they keep going. I don't, I don't think they'll win the series, but maybe Never they'll develop know. some muscle that's in the what, process. I mean, yeah, that's why they play. That's why they play the games. Yeah, right? I don't know. You don't Absolutely. Just talk about them. So, um, have you had any? I have lots of follow-up thoughts to our last conversation about true gravity. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything? No, I'd like to hear your thoughts. All right. So I've just been... How, I guess, how would you... The way I've gone through this book, Golf in the Kingdom, first time I read it, I did not... I didn't find it that interesting. Because it was very... It's just not a very... It's not written in a traditional style halfway through the kind of the story ends and then the second half is just these random notes and musings about about golf yeah. um 
there's not really the classic like conflict that comes up right right and then so not having any of that it's like a little bit disjointing to read for mm-hmm. the first time through mm-hmm. second time through i knew what i was getting getting into and so i think i was able to appreciate it a little better but now it's third time i'm like coming at it as like this is a I don't know, like a religious book or a <laughs> philosophical, like really thing that can help you. Yeah. How yeah. was your? What was? I'm curious what your experience with it was like. Was yeah. Uh, I was, uh, you know, ripe for that book. You know, it was uh, it was given to me by a guy. I was, uh, I think I told you, I was in my twenties and I was having a great time uh, working in a saloons in Palo Alto and living a carefree life mm-hmm. and uh and um and this guy came in one night and uh we and came in the next night came in the next night he said hey he said i got a book for you <laughs> i've been watching you you're gonna like this book okay. and uh and so when i read it um you know the story i mean i'm 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 up for a story uh all the time and okay. so you know i got into it right away and because you know i was a uh any anybody who's played a lot of golf alone okay which i did uh learning to play because that's the way it was you know kids weren't really allowed out on the golf course and i had to sneak onto the golf <laughs> course and i snuck on by myself sure but when you're playing by yourself you know you have these uh you know these moments of magic and uh and you're just practicing and following the ball with your eyes and uh and your imagination and uh uh so in any rent uh you know as soon as that story started to unfold you know i was i was into it and you know i'd always my you know my my dad had kind of uh the way that he Something came over him when he was uh, going to Pine Valley, and and I I saw that difference in him. There was something, I don't know what what you call it, something rever- reverential about it. Uh, but yeah. he had great, you know, it also meant great humor. I mean, he just every time he thought about the place, he smiled. So there was something about the the, the camaraderie and the tradition and. Uh, possibilities of the game mm-hmm. that you know mixed with my childhood imagination about magic you know being behind every large rhubarb leaf or you know yeah. in the world and so so uh, you know like you say I, I I really checked out of the book the first time I read it uh, at the halfway point when he starts to go into the essays and the is in the is in the com the com um, that wasn't a story so i wasn't uh, i was slow to to read that yeah and then did you i'm just like kind of do you remember like when when you read it or did you when did i read yeah you mean what year well no i I, like in relation to when you started i feel like i've read i've now this is probably like I, i feel like this is the first i've gone through this book now maybe once every I don't know, 18 months for the past 18 months. And each time, you know, it's, I've kind of like got something out of it. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, did he just like slowly get through the end and then that was kind of it or? 
Well, I poured through the book. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I read it nothing flat because it, uh, to me, it was just a, you know, a page turner. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, uh, you know, every bit of it, the round, the, uh, the dinner, the Lucifer's rug, the contemplation back at Chivas's place, the... And then the cold feet and stuff like that. He was on his way to study, uh, you know, at the ashram. And mm-hmm. he, you know, that was his, his, his main deal. And he was, you know, still trying to find himself as a young man. You know, that's the, the way yeah. the story goes. And he didn't have the courage to, you know, follow his interest at that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And so, um, were you in golf at that point? No, well, no. I was about uh, I I was out of golf, uh, yeah. out of golf. Um, I'd gone to, to uh, Stanford and found out that and uh, 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 you know uh, that I wasn't uh, Tom Watson, and that was uh, that was dis- that was shaking to me because up to that point, you know, I had been an athlete that uh, no could see no ceiling. I could see that guys were better than me currently, like Andy North was better than me, my friend Steve Wagner was better than me, but, you know, I was, I had confidence in myself as an athlete that I'd figure it out, you know, and, uh, but then I got knocked off my pins, I got out to Stanford, and the political climate was something that was way far advanced of my consciousness at the time, and, uh, and, uh, and the golf was really challenging. You know, there were, I found out that there were a lot of people in the world that could really play. And um, I didn't know that. I, I came from a, a small <laughs> yeah. town and a small pond. The part of the book that you said he did, didn't have the courage to follow his interest, did that kind of like push you to golf? I needed to be pushed to golf. I knew yeah. I was going to get into golf. Um, you know, and I knew it while I was still sort of drifting mm-hmm. <laughs> in, and, uh, and that w- it was a push. Yeah. De- very definitely. Well, and I mm-hmm. got into the golf business with that, um, sense that I was going to become a teacher. And when I got in and I was a shop assistant, uh, mm-hmm. at a private club, the difference between <laughs> what I dreamed yeah. and what that job Jeez. was, was striking. And uh, so I actually got out of the business uh, for two years and had uh, an adventure up in Waukegan running a a vending and uh, amusement company, running it. I didn't sign on to run it, but uh, because of of circumstance, I I found myself running it. And uh, and after uh, this, uh, that experience, I, I was pretty certain that golf and teaching golf was what I was going to do with my career and my life. And so I went back to it. Yeah. Since our conversation last week, I, you know, I think we ended by one of the things I talked about is like the idea of there being a, like a subject in the environment. And if, if you don't like your situation, most people just like try to change the environment or change external rather than change themselves. And so this, been thinking about that a lot because as I was reading through this book and we were talking about like true gravity and times we've experienced it I was like oh I've experienced that you know playing golf in Scotland a lot like I want to go back like why shouldn't like 
we should just go. Like, it's not that hard to, you know, it's not that expensive. We can just, like, go and we'll do it. Like, why? We don't have to wait to, to do it. Like, but then I am kind of, like, back the other way thinking, oh, that's just, like, changing. That's, like, the easy way. To me, that's the easy way to do it because, like, yeah, you can go to an amazing place and experience these things. But, and so then I circled back around to, like, how would we, how could some people experience some of these things, you know, just at these courses we play we play here. Yeah. Um, that's where my interest lies. Yes. Lies currently. Yeah. And so, um, I, I wrote down a few, kind of a few notes as I was been just like piecing through it. And I guess here's one. It's, this is from, um, uh, uh, this is maybe a few sentences here when they were, um, in, you know, in night, they, after they play, they go into Seamus McDuff's cave and they're just talking and sitting around the fire. Um, and and Shivas Irons is saying, um, you know, some of these we talked about last week. He says, "True gravity is Seamus's term for the deeper lines of force, the deeper structure of the universe." But this is the thing. He raised his hand and shook a finger at me. You can only know what it is by living it yourself, not through squeezing it and shoving it the way they do in universities and laboratories. You must go into the heart of it through your own body and senses. And living experience, level after level, right to the heart of it. Um, you see, Michael, merely shooting par is second best. Going for results like that leads men and cultures and entire worlds astray. But if you do it from the inside, you get the results eventually and everything else along with it. So you will not see me giving people many tips about the golf swings like they do in all the how-to books. I will not do it. You must start from the inside like I showed you there. He pointed again to our sandy practice area. And that is what Seamus is doing. He shook his head slowly. But no one understands, and poor Seamus runs away. So there's really a lot in that. I'm curious what you what you think when he's talking about like you must you must do he says you must do it from the inside and, and not worry so much about results. And if you do that, you'll get you'll get the results, but also kind of quote everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that uh, if you're you know if you're uh, doing it for its own sake, that's what we talked about last time. Uh. For its in, the intrinsic value, what does that mean? For its own sake, you know, for the sake of the experience, for the sake of the, um, yeah, for the sake of the experience, and 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 the, uh, it's not just experience as something that rolls over you. It's something that you uh, seek and create. It's a act of deliberateness. It's an, it's. Uh, John Dewey would refer to it as an aesthetic experience, that, that which uh, starts with an aim and, mm -hmm. and follows a, a process. And during the process, there are doings and there are undergoings. And at the end of it, he said, the, the wonderful thing about it is that uh, you've created something in the experience because it has meaning it's had exhilaration it's had learning it's had performance uh, 
and uh, it's 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 the top level of experience that you could have. I mean, and we understand it as flow experience or being in the zone, and and yet the way most of us describe describe the experience, it's somewhat. It, it's like looking at, a, at one of those 3D pictures that when you look at it, it's just a two-dimensional mm-hmm. picture, and then you keep looking at it, and, and your eyes cross or something, or you get deeply into it, yeah. and all of a sudden, a three-dimensional image will emerge. And uh, that's what happens in, uh, as you exercise with mindfulness, is that uh, it's, a, it's a constant revelation as your muscles become stronger, uh, they become more differentiated. They're not just, oh, that's my stomach. You actually can feel different muscles, and it's fascinating to feel them, you know, and, uh, and to be able to communicate with them and do, do stuff with them. And the same thing is true of your imagination and your mental gymnastics. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and golf offers, you know, offers all of this. It offers this ability to uh, to become so interested in something and creating something that um, that that has a power that that just absolutely thrills you mm-hmm. in the process. And uh, and you know, is about as gratifying as anything I've ever experienced. So what do you say it would be better? It would be, I don't know, not, but maybe not better, but more more helpful to think to approach golf if someone is practicing this week and getting ready for their round to focus um, more on what kind of what they're what they're like really specifically interested in about the game or about what they're feeling or about what the ball is doing. Um, you know, I think Andy, it's it's uh, first of all to look around. You know, to to have a plan that you're going to check in with. Let's say the the four. I I think of them as as like security cameras on a bank of security cameras mm-hmm. with four different views. Mm-hmm. You know, looking up into the treetops or into the skies, and uh, and. Uh, and then looking at you know the narrower focus of the shot that's right in front of you, and then broadly to, you know, observe yourself from a a, a large view. Like, hey, generally, how are things going? Are you energized? Do you feel good? Or I mean, is there anything distracting you? Are you held mm-hmm. back by any worries? And uh, then specifically, how do we feel about this shot or about this moment when we're watching a playing partner or, uh, you know, yeah. you know, it's just, and, and I think it's to do and to observe these things with a sense of humor as, as well as other senses that you might have, but definitely with a sense of humor because when you regard yourself and the changing climate that you yeah. mm-hmm. experience within you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being comfortable in your own skin, that's the definition of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, like to, be, to be accepting and, and observe with a humorous uh, stance your own trials and tribulations. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember going to the golf course years ago with my wife and daughter, and I w went there with all good intentions, like, oh, I'm really going to enjoy this day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I'm deliberate about this, right? Yeah. I'm going to really enjoy this. And uh, I remember walking behind them down the second hole and, and having to break out into laughter because I was so angry with them. <laughs> yeah. they were playing so stupidly and yeah. so and missing opportunities and like so i'm looking outside at them mm -hmm. and and uh and i uh had to laugh because you know of course i was projecting myself on them and all of my good intentions to really focus this round on the right things enjoying the day yeah. i couldn't you know you're going to be confronted by yourself Mm -hmm. no matter what your intentions are, you know. So whatever you do out there, like, hey, I'm really going to try to focus today. And then you find out how unfocused you are. Yeah. You know, you can be very discouraged about that because, you know, gee, I really, I went out there with a clear intention to do this and I really didn't have a good time. That, that must be a stupid thing for me to do. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to go out there with a higher purpose or that's dumb i i really had a lousy time <laughs> mm -hmm. instead of you know instead of realizing well, why do you think you had a lousy time what how did it get under your skin like that yeah yeah there's one thing he he writes about of, of what true gravity is or how to kind of experience it and i think it's it's been pretty helpful to me because i you know the, have said before like Oh, like what's most important, as you're saying, like is just going to enjoy the round. But like that kind of like rings hollow, I th think, for a lot of people. I think it it assumes that, oh, you're going to, you know, whenever you say, oh, just have fun out there. It's like It means the assumption is like, well, you're going to shoot worse than you could have, but you're going to not care. Right. Which is. Yeah. To Baloney. me. Yeah. Because because I've done like I've definitely like been in those shoes before and it just ends with you, you you don't try as hard as you could because you're like oh if i try if i try my best then i'm care about score and if i try a little bit less than my best then i care about enjoy you know enjoyment um so i think it's a it's a deli you know it's a delicate balance um but he's they, they talk about it as a joining of awareness delight and force I liked those three words that awareness that you're being you're aware of it, it could be the way the shot's feeling the way, the way the ball is flying it could be your surroundings it could be how you're feeling it could be how your swing is feeling whatever yep. delight things that are just like enjoyable or interesting to you and then force is almost being I I think that I think of that different than like trying too hard of forced to me is like you're caught up in in something um that that maybe is you're, you're i don't know letting yourself you know be it be in it or whatever and so you're playing golf and trying to do your best um with through that let through the lens of those those things i think is maybe a i don't know a more helpful way to to think about it because then you can still try you're still trying to do your best oh, like yeah. it says in the score like they keep like shivas in the book is very like stringent about strict about keeping score yep. right he he makes michael murphy count the shot that he knocked off the tee when he was doing his <laughs> waggle which that's not you don't normally count that as a shot but 
in Burning did it, Bush, you did. I guess you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering if they like changed that rule since this book was written or something. Oh, I'm not, you know, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it was like an accident that he called it, but um, but still, he's they're very like you're counting every shot on after one hole. He's like, just give me an X. And then, like, an X, and they wouldn't let him do that. And he's like, okay, a 10. And they're like, then they think about it. And he's like, actually, it was an 11. He's like, okay, a lot. Like, so it's very, but they were like, so he's really, like, the score is very important, but it's also, um, you know, not the most important thing. And, it, you know, it says in the end, you know, Chevis shoots, uh, I don't know, 68 or 67 or something. So he's like doing all these things and shooting a, a good score, which I think is somewhat important to 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 put in this like if you're some of these things we talk about like i had someone asked me after listening to one of our podcasts about where you talked about playing with fewer clubs they're like what's the what's the best you've ever shot with with fewer clubs like an, an 80 and i was like i was offended by uh, you know it's like i shoot you know always under of course right me like um but you know what i mean like it would be we're not being like oh it's better to play golf with fewer clubs than shooting like <laughs> 10 shots worse than we could have with others you know i think it's like kind of the same thing that he's talking about here of like the awareness delight and force it's not like you're doing these things as like an excuse for shooting 10 shots worse than you otherwise could have it's like you're still shooting the same numbers because these things that you think are important aren't quite as important important no that's right that's right i mean uh, you could uh no, I mean, uh, uh, we're all drawn to the game uh, initially, you know, to go low. Yeah. I mean, we're intrigued by that, to compete against our fellows in matches and, uh, and whoop them and uh, hit amazing shots, uh, you know, at clutch moments and, uh, and become, you know, f- Get on rolls, sure, and yeah. uh, you know, and do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the zesty stuff of the game. I mean, uh, and it's, uh, you know, and when you have all of your strength, um, you know, it's it's easier to feel than uh, you know when you when you don't, yeah. uh, unless you find you know, other ways to, you know, use the resources that you have to, you know, hit solid shots. And, you know, one of the great experiences I ever had as a kid was playing with an old man who was 77, who, who from 6,600 yards, he shot 75. And I shot his age. (laughs) Uh, So, but he was so marvelous, uh, around the you know from 80 yards and in um, and it was just uh, it was just like watching an artist and and he hit the he hit nice balls you yeah. know nice solid balls down the course uh but he he was able to and, and it was easy uh to say oh he was playing old man's golf well he was playing really good <laughs> golf sure you know yeah and uh so at any in any case i think the uh the that competitor in us that looks to do their best, that's, who's, that's who we are first, you and I anyway, yeah. and, and people that we're looking at. Those people that are playing you know, golf uh, as you and I might go bowling, mm. you know, like when I'm bowling, listen, 
I'm so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm such a uh, out of practice and uh, athlete yeah. that, you know, even to roll the ball down the alley without throwing it in the gutter at this point is like, that's a major deal for me. So, <laughs> so when I go there, I'm just a hack. Yeah. So we're not talking about hacks. No. Or hacking. Yeah. We're talking about golfing. Mm. That's interesting distinction. Um, yeah, I go bowling like once every three years, and about a third of the way into the second game, I realized that like you have to be able to spin the ball, and you need your own ball to actually be good this game you know because you can kind of hit the same spot and sometimes it's a strike and sometimes it's not so yeah. then i just i'm like oh this is why i don't go bowling often <laughs> <Then I laughs> forget about it and then a few years later we try it again um, yeah exactly yeah which i'm sure people do that with golf as well um there's two other things i i wrote down from when they were playing their round together um Shivas and Michael, he said that um, that Shivas ne- claimed he never used the same swing twice. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I mean, because uh, this was, of course, uh, uh, written in an era when, uh, and, uh, when the point of getting good at golf was to become uh, a robotic to be able to develop a repeatable swing, mm-hmm. right? That I that mean, would just stamp itself yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's changed an awful lot in yeah. the, in my lifetime, and uh, and yet what uh, Shivas is saying here is that every swing is a snowflake. There's mm-hmm. they're not they're not two that are identical, because you know so many things change. Yeah. You know, you want to hit it high, you want to hit it low, the wind's blowing this way, that way, the ball's above your feet, it's below your feet, mm-hmm. you know. And so why would you ever think that what the point was to have a repeatable swing? Well, that's what everyone wants. I know, yeah. I know it. Right. I well, know it. It, well, I think because it, it makes sense, right? like, to our minds of like, oh, if I can just do this motion over and over and, you know, repeat it, then... I can kind of change clubs or change where I'm aimed based on yeah. the wind and the conditions. And then that's how I'm going to, you know, be able to shoot par is by doing the same thing over and over yeah. really well. Um, so that's an easy, th- that's like a, almost a, it's hard to do, but it's like an easy, it almost makes sense, right? Like a free throw shooter. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Or yeah. platform diver. Yes. You know, like, oh, this, if I can just do this, then going to be fine that's the way to that's the way to get better at it so i just thought it was really interesting that that was presented in this book as just an ideal from the master right like this is what you'd want to be like you want this this is a cool thing that he never makes the same swing twice rather than he was really consistent yeah yeah, well, I think my experience of playing, you know, with really good golfers, and, and uh, uh, or the, maybe the next level up, you know, was, was yeah. uh, guys down in Florida playing the mini tours, um, and uh, I remember playing with a guy, Lee Danillion, and uh, Lee was such a creative golfer that I believe 
he never thought about making the same swing. <laughs> He just didn't. That's not where he was coming from. Golf was like uh, the golf club was like a tennis racket in his hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tennis players don't run around the court, you know, obsessing over their elbow positions. At yeah, you know, no. they're swinging the racket to spin the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and so that's the way Lee played. Uh, and he'd say things like. I'm going to use my three wood here because I can hit a low hook with it, and I'm going to hit it, and I'm going to catch it. I'm going to hit it just over that bunker and catch the down slope. Mm. This was at the Palms or the Magnolia course at Disney World. We were down there playing. I think it was the ninth hole or something. And honest to God, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> well, he hits the thing 240 yeah. yards, mm-hmm. hits the down slope with a low rising hook and and so you know uh so a guy like uh, you would say a guy like lee uh has come into the game with a great sense of the stick and and yeah. uh and those people that don't have a great sense of the stick mm-hmm. they need to work work at it more than so that they can get, a, you know, a, a, a usable action. Because a lot of times, you know, people just uh, don't naturally, because of the posture of golf, that the ball is down there. Yeah. Uh, as a, for instance, they many of them don't turn and get much depth. Uh, and so until, until they, you know, open that up, that possibility up to themselves, they're they can't get better because they can't see a way to get better on their own. But guys like Lee Danillion and great stick swinging athletes, they don't need uh, an awful lot of deliberate verbal yeah. thought. Sure, but that it's it's. I don't know. I'm just really interested in thinking about that because nobody is nobody is teaching golf like that. I mean, maybe you are, but you don't teach that much anymore but not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> <laughs> i'm still uh you know i'm still working on some things yeah but you know what i mean though it's like it's really cool to talk about it i'm gonna go give a lesson here in 20 minutes and like last time i had this person we spent you know 15 minutes hitting eight irons and so so it's, yeah it's one thing to talk and be like oh this is really cool like yeah you hit a different shot every time, a different swing every time. Um, but then it's like so ingrained, in, you know, that this is this is the way to do it or this is the way to get better. And part yeah. of that is, you know, we're still I'm still learning how to, you know, teach in the best way that I can. Um, also, people are expecting certain or are interested in certain things. And it's like if you go in and it's like, OK, let's let's what, what club do you want to start with? They hit an eight iron. They hit that one bad. They hit the next one poorly. They hit the next one poorly. And now that's when it's, I feel like, my time to, st- to s- step in and give a, to give a suggestion or give a, an intervention for them to help them hit their 8-iron better. And so then we do that. And then we keep hitting 8-irons. And then eventually they're hitting 8-iron after 8-iron pretty good over and over and over. 
And so maybe that's the start. And then maybe you would go other places from that. But um, yeah. yeah, it would just be interesting to think of how would you do it another way, you know. Yes, it is interesting, and and, and because you th- you think in those terms, you will you will you know find mm-hmm. another way. W- one of the things, uh, I think that's why I uh, I was talking to a mother yesterday, and she was uh, of of two, two girls that are uh, have trained with us, and and uh, one of them still training with us, and. Uh, um, she was describing her own introduction to golf, and she said her grandfather or, or her father or somebody tried like crazy. And, but she said they just kept fumbling around so much with my grip that eventually mm. I went. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's really it in a nutshell, isn't it? Here's an yeah. adult trying to teach a child form before function. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, and so... Uh, why not have them, uh, you know, why not have them run around with sticks that they sure. can actually uh, manage Bam. with their hands split mm-hmm. and uh, and whack the hell out of it? Yeah. You know, and have fun and squeal and laugh mm-hmm. and uh, and develop the athleticism, you know, yeah. to do it. No, and, absolutely. And, and, let's, and, let's, and, and, you know, let's encourage cross-handedness. Sure, just to do it, to do it differently and well, experience it, something different. It, yeah, but you know, I mean, I I think it unlocks something really key. Uh, you know, that 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 backhand side is is uh, when you think about what most golfers need, mm-hmm. uh, and that is to be able to make that action to close the club face. Yeah, you know, but they they're blocked from doing it because it's never occurred to them to do it. Uh, yeah. You know, no one's sure. ever opened the door to that experience, but that's what Irish hurling is all about. You know, they they start with crosshand as their fundamental stroke. Yeah. And so got it. Sure. And so, you know, Definitely it's a, it's yeah. it's a heck of a and it's a heck of an yep. education and uh and and it's and it's fun. Now, can you do that with an adult? Uh, I think you can, and and, and yeah, I, I think, think you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think also, you know, Andy. One of the things that we we used to do a lot in the uh, back when we started the academy was we we'd have people walk and swing in rhythm. Sure. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, you know, it really it it starts to change time mm. in their minds. That you'll you notice when people make repetitive swings to and fro. Yeah. By the third swing, things have started to smooth yeah. out mm-hmm. and change. And I think that uh, although, you know, the direct bridge from walking and swinging to standing and swinging may be a, a bit of a chasm, but at least you're opened up to the experience of getting the swing to be yeah. like smoothly moving through the air around mm-hmm. you yeah. and not waving like a baton all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it definitely changes time and it helps you to shift your weight. And uh, so there's a lot to recommend it. 
Happy Gilmore should be an attainable goal. Mm, be able to run into the shot. Yeah, yeah, be able to step it. But you've got to, you know, throw that lead anchor down in the right spot. Yeah. That'd right? Be a lot, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a learned skill. So, sure. I mean, you could set that out there. Let's just say you started your program and you watched people do amazing things like that. And you said to kids, hey, would you like to do that one yeah. day? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's how. Sure. And Yeah. No, absolutely. I, we've been talking about, you know, planning for, for camp, kind of like the inter, the beginner camp, but also kind of the more intermediate and advanced camps. And I'm trying to, we have a bunch of, you know, stations and, you know, teaching ideas and things that have worked in the past, you know, that you can do in a group setting. And so we have a big document with all of those, but I'm trying to think of a, you know, what are our our headings like what are our if we had like five themes that these would all fall into like how would you actually get someone interested in it i know you you know last night in class we were talking about pre-shot routine with eight and nine year olds and i was uh you know i was observing because i was teaching a lesson and i and the high school worker who is a good you know, good worker like you can imagine the whole the whole time for three hours, you know, because there's two classes. He was just saying, remember to remember to do your pre-shot routine, you know, next hole. Rem- hey, rem- are you doing it? Are you do like, you know, what I mean? like they, you know, the kids just had no interest no. in the routine. And so um, kind of like back to, uh, you know, the book and fascination. He, he we talk this all the time that he writes that there's no he's like, there's no use playing golf if fascination doesn't like take you. Like if you're not fascinated in something no use playing and then fascination is the the mother of discipline and then golf is where you you can practice that and so so trying to think of like what are the things if we were to say like what things that would you know a 12 year old who's pretty good at golf but you know maybe could get a little better like what types of things could fascinate them or how would you you know lead them to that um that that's maybe a better way to come at it rather than saying like hey you need to we need to work on club face today you know what i mean and so i think some of my the i was trying to i'm curious what you think some of the things that i think are most interesting about golf would be hitting the ball like up in the air hitting a target with the ball hitting the ball far curving the ball and maybe maybe there's more but if you i think if you start with that if you start with hey like What's one thing that's really cool about golf is we can hit it up in the air. We can do it with all sorts of different clubs that go different heights. And now here's some things we need to learn, like that hitting a club, a golf club is different than a, a tennis racket to get it up in the air. The motion is different. You know, it's different. If you were to hit this beach ball with a hockey stick up in the air, that's different than if you were to kick it up in the air. And I think that then bridges. That's better than saying, hey, let's talk about angle of attack today. I agree. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think that's that's right. When you can um, when you can make the ball do interesting things, that's that's yeah. A possibility for fascination. Sure. And uh there's no and just and so developing a fascination with moving any ball. Yeah, absolutely a ping pong ball, uh you know, a in a any way ball. Yeah. kick it. Yeah, sure. Kick it, uh, yeah. you know, because the golf club really, uh, 
who was it, Marsh McClone or somebody that, that uh, I forget who it was, I may, I'm getting this wrong, but all the things that we've invented have been extensions of our feet and our hands mm, and our eyes sure. and things like that, all the technology. Yeah. And so the golf club to me, as I, I remember being, um, the golf club to me is, is if you looked at a part of your body, the golf club is a foot club that you swing with your hands. And, uh, and so, you know, all forms of using your foot to mm -hmm. angle it or your hands is, yeah. is absolutely educational, you know, sure. athletically educational for, yeah. for kids. And I think, uh, you know, I think anything that's fun and creates squealing uh, as um, is a great candidate. Yeah. I think you know. I, I really. Uh, I think ping pong. Um, you know, is uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna ask you to uh, help me with some experimenting with ping pong robots and uh, ah. and things that we could do in in ju junior essentials classes and also sure. in other classes. But I think that. Uh, uh, I think that we have a possibility for a lot of excitement and some good athletic education. Well, That's what we're doing, you know. I mean, truly, we're this is this is physical education, mm -hmm. you know. And and it, but it's more than that because once you get to a point where you you realize your mind can affect yeah. your performance, yeah. then it becomes oh yeah a, a multi-dimensional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean in the. Um, Michael Murphy writes about how um, at one point in the book, like Isaac Newton, like the, you know, Sir Isaac Newton divide, like divided his work into like scientific work and then like religious work. Right. And there was like a clear split between them of like, these things don't, you know, don't kind of intertwine. And then his like thing was like, well, Shiva science, like their work, you know, these things are working together. So, I think that's kind of what what you're getting at there when you're like it's yeah yeah we're training we're doing physical education but we're also um doing you know mind trusting yourself you know whatever at yeah. the same time we're yeah. we're teaching you how how the you know your wrist works and but then we're also teaching you how to be fascinated with the ball flying through the air yeah um, and so I think that's what's pretty cool about yeah. golf. Um, but it's it's easy to kind of get sidetracked and think it's just about, uh, I don't know, I guess I suppose it is, we do want, does it, all, does it all just come back to the goal of like getting better? Maybe this is another well, episode. Well, no, I think, Andy, that, that uh, it's a yin, yin, yin and yang. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's a, uh, Yes, we, we want to get better, but then as Shiva, at you know, one point says, you know, <laughs> fuck ever getting better. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the hell with it. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, uh, I think we need that because, uh, you know, sometimes we get an edginess to our ambition that sure. uh, takes us over from enjoyment into mania, you know, yeah. some sort of really uh, something that's not not just positive energies, mm. but there's other things that start to eat at you a little sure. bit. Uh, and so um, 
I think that, you know, becoming aware of that and, and sort of having a ritual or uh, of uh, creating humor out of it so yep. that you can sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. expel uh, all of the out, in with the good air, out with the bad, you yeah. know, so to speak. Um, you know, it's just, it just plaque builds up. Yeah. You know, and so at regular intervals, I think you need to, you know, do do maintenance on yourself, house cleaning. And that's why sure. people, I think, take retreats. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I think we, and we sort of know, don't we? Uh, some, sometimes we don't know because we get so involved in something. Like I think Henry Ford, you know, pro- pro- probably did. He just got so interested in the power of building and the power of organizational teamwork and stuff that he he actually went beyond the sweet spot of what he was doing and, mm-hmm. and you know created uh, you know uh, an enormous machine that was this factory that he built that that uh, it even repelled him mm-hmm. you know he went in his old age and created like Walt Disney you know a world of that looked back to a better time that and that's where he wanted to spend his time. But yeah. he was somebody that got, you know, started off with such a cool energy and such a, a great thing. And then it just sort of ate him up. I mean, he made a lot of money, so you couldn't say maybe he suffered. Clean contact. I hit it again. All right. Because that shot. Now you All right, Andy. Thank you. Always thank you. Comes with talk to you next time. All right. Moment. Well, here it comes. Yeah.